Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday of Ryder Cup weekends. Europe are out in front. They've only got a few hurdles left to get over to win it all. It's been great entertainment so far over in Italy. Four points tomorrow needed for Europe to secure the Ryder Cup. Cork City lost out to St. Pat's last night. We have all the reaction from that one at Turner's Cross. The Pierceigs under 15 footballers were the Reblog Award winners for August and we're going to hear from them. We're going to talk basketball with the Cork Renegades. We're also going to talk boxing and rising star in the world of motorsport. Kaylee Cole joins us to talk about her Boss 3 Championship win and her future in the sport. All of that between here and 7. You're listening to The Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. It's 0868 106 if you want to get in touch with us or at Big Red Bench on Twitter or X or whatever we like to call it these days. Uh, so Team Europe, it's a five-point lead now heading into tomorrow because US, uh, the USA have picked up a late, late point um, out, out on the course Rory McIlroy Matt Fitzpatrick they were one up with two holes three holes to go uh, Cantley and Wyndham Clark tied it on the 17th and they won it on the 18th a fantastic putt from Patrick Cantley it must be said and you know what no harm because you wanted two one side you know four points away they sure to pick up four points tomorrow hopefully it'd be a bit exciting um, but uh, it has been very good so far and hopefully Shane Lowry gets out in course tomorrow as well um, lost today unfortunately uh, but won the day before so um, it was uh, good to see him get a point and uh, yeah it's been good it's been some really good golf you know it's uh, totally different to what you'd be watching every other weekend and I think the amount of um, the amount of players who've chipped in it's a sign of that, you know, they're going for it. They have to go for it because they're playing the man, not the course. Uh, it's really, it's a, it's a good change up. And I really hope they make the Olympics match play because I don't understand why you would want to watch another stroke play event. You know, make the Olympics match play, play them off, you know, get them into last 32 or last 64 format or whatever. Uh, it'd be exciting to see. Um, but yeah, hopefully tomorrow will be uh, will be exciting and will have the desired outcome. Of course, uh, let's jump into the day's results and actions. Um, I suppose just round up those other those other four balls uh, in the Ryder Cup. Victor Hovland and Ludwig Oberg were beaten four and three by Sam Burns and Colin Marikawa. Max Homa and Brian Harmon recorded a two one victory two and one victory over Tommy Fleetwood and Nicola Hoygaard. Justin Rose and Robert McIntyre took the only points for Europe this afternoon in their match with Justin Thomas and Jordan Speed three and two. And as we've heard then, uh, McElroy and Mathis Patrick losing out to Patrick Cantley and Wyndham Clark on the last hole in football. Man City's perfect record in the Premier League is over. They suffered a 2-1 uh, loss at Wolves of, of all teams. Wang Hee Chan's late winner proved enough to hand the champions their first defeat of the season. Um, Pep Guardiola says it's far too early to say what that means for their title defence. Well, I'm pretty sure today we didn't win the Premier League and we didn't, win, we didn't lose the Premier League. It's how seven. Man United, <clears throat> Man United also beaten by Crystal Palace 1-0 thanks to Joachim Anderson's goal. Truly a horrific performance by United. Luton finally got their first win 
of the campaign as they beat Everton 2-1, which was good to see. Tottenham have a chance here. Richarlison firing over. 32 minutes gone at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's Spurs nil, Liverpool nil, and I see a little red icon underneath the Liverpool badge there, so that means that somebody has been sent to the dressing rooms. Curtis Jones uh, has been red-carded for Liverpool there with 32 minutes gone. Uh, Arsenal cruise to a 4-0 victory over Bournemouth. West Ham beat Sheffield United 2-0, and Newcastle got the the better of Burnley by the same scoreline. Ali Watkins scored a hat-trick for Aston Villa as they trashed Brighton in the Premier League's early kickoff. 6-1 they won at Villa Park. Right, um, Scottish Premiership leader Celtic came through a dramatic finish away at Motherwell to seal a 2-1 victory and remain unbeaten. Motherwell invaded the pitch after a 95th minute equaliser. Celtic went back down. Matt O'Reilly uh, got a winner on 97. Uh, which was uh, funny to see. Uh, only uh, two of the five games down for decision in the women's Premier Division dis- survived the weather this afternoon. Should I say the games between uh, Shamrock Rovers, Wexford Utes, Treaty United and Galway United and the fixture between Cork City and Athlone Town were all postponed due to unplayable pitches. One of the games that did manage to kick off has finished 2-0, a uh, win for Shelburne over DLR Waves. The other fixture is currently at halftime where it's Slugger Rovers 2, Bohemians nil, uh, Kerry Lockery and Sarah Kiernan scoring for the home side at the showgrounds. Busy day at the Rugby World Cup again. Ireland's Pool B rival Scotland facing the whipping boys. Romania at 8 o'clock. Ben Healy starting. Uh, that game yeah, is in Lille. Today's first game to Argentina goes second in Pool D. They beat Chile 59-5. And in Pool C, Georgia lead Fiji. Nine points to nil. Whoa. Uh, the second half is just underway. And uh, also as well, big one at Thoman Park. The Babas in town uh, to face both the men's and women's teams. Uh, double header, uh, fair play to the ground staff uh, for that. 67 minutes gone and it is Munster 47, Barbarians 35. Very good one there. 45-12 it finished in favour of the Babas um, in uh, the women's game earlier on. All right, uh, let's uh, jump quickly to Gaelic Games. The Co-op Superstore Senior A Hurling Championship quarterfinal taking place uh, today. The first of a doubleheader of Porky Cueve saw Newsestown defeat Carrig Tool 214 to 114 there. And they're going to face the winners between Bride Rovers and Blarney. They're underway. Uh, in the Premier Intermediate semi-finals, we've got two down for decision. Ballincollig taking on Kilworth. Um that's in Riverstown. That's been underway since 5pm and just trying to get an updated score here for you. Kilworth 114, Bellancolic 210. So a one-point lead there for Kilworth. And the other one sees Castle Lions take on Castle Martyr. That is in Middleton. It got underway at the same time as the other one. And it is Castle Lions 2-6, Castle Martyr 10 points two pretty close games there alright we'll keep an eye on them and all the other scores as well as we go along another chance here for Tottenham Richardson squares it it's in the back of the net and it's Young Min Sung who's finished it off Tottenham lead Liverpool 1-0 uh, very good goal very good goal for Spurs there 35 minutes gone 10 men Liverpool they're up against it now alright let's uh, look at another team that were down to 10 men last night Cork City falling to a 1-0 defeat against St. Pat's. Here is Rory speaking with the newly appointed interim manager of Cork City, or for the rest of the season at least, Richie Holland. Richie, um, positives first. That was a much improved performance. Yeah, look, it was. It was. We created a um, number of chances tonight. And another night we could have uh, won the game. But look, 
it wasn't to be. Um, I was proud of the the effort and the work rate and the organisation out of possession and there was quality times in possession as well, just that fine little bit, you know, and as I said, another night we could have scored a couple, you know. What was the biggest difference from Monday night compared to tonight? It's just that attitude off the ball, you know, and like that's a minimum with this club, you know, it's it should be a minimum with any club, but like especially down here with the fans we have and stuff like that, you know, I think they demand that, you know, and we just need to Obviously, look, tonight was a good start, but we need to maintain that now for the rest of the season, you know, and that's the minimum we, we have to demand from the players, you know. Okay, Murphy hadn't started a game in a while, but worked his socks off tonight. Yeah, look, I know Murphy from the academy, who I've had him for since he was 16, you know, and I know I know what he does. And uh, he's a nightmare for defenders because, as you say, they work great, but he, he's also threatening behind as well, you know, so it was great to get him back on the pitch and get him minutes and stuff like that, you know, and I knew it was probably only 60, probably good minutes in him, you know, so yeah. that was always the plan, you know, for, for the game, you know, so look, it's great to get him back in and hopefully you know, he can kick on and be an asset for us for the rest of the season. A very even battle up until 60 minutes when John O'Donovan shown a second yellow card. Um, your thoughts on it? It's a free toss. He's got it wrong. And look, I'm just going to be careful what I say because I don't want to get in trouble or anything like that. But them decisions change games and, you know, it's it's something that has happened quite a bit. Look, it's hard to take on the chin. It's very hard to take on the chin, you know, and look, for us, it's about... It's about look defending the back post better for the goal. Um, you know, obviously we're down to ten and all that, but still there's no excuse for the goal that we conceded. I still think that we should stop the cross yeah. and defend the back post better. You know, referees have a very tough job. We're not going to dispute that, but John has got his foot in. He's won the ball. But you know what? The fourth officials right in front of it, and then like you know they're looking for help. Do you know and. I just, it's a frustrating one, really, Rory, you know, because, look, the, the lads worked their socks off tonight, and look, I'm not, look, obviously, look, it's given Pat the, the, the foothold in the game and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, obviously, as you say, it was an even contest to that, like, but, look, it's um, look, it's disappointing, and, look, we'll, we'll take it on the chin, but we need to work hard again next week to get ready for, for Pat's again in the Cup. And another positive, though, you responded well to going to goal, then? Yeah, look, again, I probably message at the start is that, look, we need to go and try and win games, you know, and just be positive with everything we do, you know, in terms of in possession and stuff like that. I'm asking the lads to do things now again that, you know, play forward and, and create chances and stuff like that. And I thought they did, did that tonight, you know. And a lot to build on ahead of the FA Cup semi-final as well. Yeah, look, the big week ahead in terms of, you know, training and all the rest of it, but it's... Um, you see there it was, it was an evenly matched game I, I think it'll be similar enough again next week yes they've got loads of quality I know Mulraney's back next week and all that but look our boys showed tonight that they're, they're more than a match you know? thanks Richie thanks yeah and here's Rory with Sam Pat's manager John Daly John um, three points are you happy with the performance second half I think so yeah first half I thought we wasted 45 minutes um, loads of possession without really really going anywhere with it and had opportunities to to penetrate in behind we're running off the ball or playing balls forward and um, I thought we coughed up the ball too often unopposed and you know unforced errors um, you know we gave the ball away in, in you know very cheaply um, first half because second half we were better and then obviously the red card um, you know gives you that little bit bit of probably more freedom within the pitch but um, you know probably could have took a few of our chances Um you know, in the second half, we didn't really create much in the first half, which was really disappointing. But, um, but yeah, the, 
second half performance was better. And you took a nice goal as well, which is pleasing. Yeah, it's obviously something we look to do. You know, ball wide, crossing the box, and people on the move in the box. And Mark Doyle's very, very good at that. He's yeah. he's constantly on the move in the box, and he had a couple of opportunities on Monday against Rotter that he didn't take. And delighted from tonight that he, he took the the chance that came his way. The red card incident was just in front of you there. Richie was adamant it wasn't a yellow card or a foul. What was your view on it? Yeah, I, it's, okay. I I understand how difficult it is. We had two red cards yeah, on Monday yeah, night, yeah. so um, that probably you're looking and thinking it's very similar. So I think uh, from my angle, it probably looked like you're coming together. Was it a foul? I think it's just sometimes in football, it's contact sport. Every contact's not a foul, um, you know. So look, it's it's one of those. It's, sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it goes against you. Monday we had them go against us tonight. They went against Cork, so. Um, I can feel his frustration. <laughs> um, you know, so it's it's something that we, we managed to, you know, take advantage of. We're six points behind, there's four games left. It's not impossible. No, look, I think we're we're certainly we'll never give up, like we'll never give up on, on trying to close that gap and we obviously have to play Rovers and Derry, so um two massive tough games, you know. The last four games are very tough, so um we've obviously got a massive game next week back down here, so um we'll focus on that before focusing back on, on Bohemians um, after that. Is the cup tie going to be completely different to what we saw tonight? I think so. I think, you know, I think cup football, is, it always seems to throw up something different. Um, I'd expect very similar from, from Cork, you know, Keaton is a handful. Um, you know, anything that goes up to him with sticks, he flicks it on. He's a threat. Um, so again, we're going to have to manage him. Uh, Morphy up top of him as well. You know, full of energy, runs behind, uh, backs in. You know, and he was probably probably should have scored after a minute. He had a chance for it with a header, and um, you know, on, on another night that goes in, and it's a different game. So um, we're going to have to be very very vigilant next week with uh, with the forward pairing of of Cork um, and make sure that you know we we are a lot better than we showed in the first half. Thanks, John. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Yeah, uh, John Daly there, St. Pat's manager with Rory after last night's 1-0 victory for Pats against Cork City. Um, as, oh, Richarlison has just hit the post for Spurs as they try to double their lead, 42 minutes gone there. Uh, Rory was speaking with Cork City legend and his co-commentary uh, partner, Philip Long, after the game. All right, Philip Long joins me to discuss... St. Patrick's Athletic and their 1-0 victory here over Cork City at Turners Cross Mark Doyle with the uh, goal in the second half before we get to that Phil the big talking point was the sending off of John O'Donnell for a second yellow card the first yellow card the yellow card all day the second one replay suggests he won the ball however referee Oliver Moran very quick toward the free kick to St. Pat's and to show a second yellow card your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts looking at the game I, I thought John John O'Donnell got he just toe poked the ball away from the same pass player but obviously you know it might have followed through but having said that from where we were looking at there was no way it was a yellow card and not even a sending off offence yeah. so I think he got it wrong yeah, like we're very slow to criticise officials they have a very very tough job to do but it did look like the officials got that wrong on that occasion and certainly a lot of yellow cards handed out tonight for a game that wasn't very bad tempered either for them no just all small Mickey Mouse cards to be honest with you Rory there was no vicious challenges or anything like that just small little things the odd pulling in the jersey and stuff like that but minor details minor details uh, and what would have been for City had they had 11 men for the entire 90 minutes because they played the last half an hour with 10 men and um, St. Pat's 
capitalised on that and used the extra man to their advantage. Yeah, well, I mean, the extra man obviously was on the far right-hand side. He had plenty of time just to look up and, and smack the ball across the box. Great cross and a great goal. He took it very, very well. But as you said, it was an extra man. So if City, were down to, if City had 11 players, the chances are he would not have been able to cross that ball. Um, it's been an interesting week for Cork City, losing 5-0 to Dundalk and then the announcement yesterday that Liam Buckley was stepping back as uh, the head of the management team to go back to his role as um, the uh, sporting director. I was going to say director of football, sporting director. And then Richie Holland coming in as manager for the rest of the season. Richie, in the uh, chat I had with him for LOI TV beforehand, said he wanted Cork City to show a bit of fight, a bit more bottle and a bit more urgency. And he certainly got that tonight. He certainly got that tonight. It was it was like an, a transformation of City tonight, to be honest with you. They played very, very well and just unlucky that they didn't get the results to show for it. You know, compared to last last week against Dundalk, it was just a totally different City team tonight. City certainly had a number of chances. Rory Keating probably should have certainly got a, his header on target there at the end of the first half. Joe Bryan with Marsh forcing a fine save out of Linus there towards the end of the game. And they created a, a, a bit that Cork City tonight, and that's got to be positive for Richie and the team going forward. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. As you said, there was numerous chances, and unfortunately, they didn't take them. But they're playing the Cup next week, and anything can happen in the Cup, Rory. Anything can happen. Those chances that didn't go in tonight could go in next week. I know it'll be disappointing for City to lose tonight, but they can obviously take confidence from their performance and take that into the Cup game in nine days' time. Yeah, I think they will too. I will. I think they will. I say Rory's inside, or Richie's inside, and he's just saying, OK, lads, that game is over. We'll analyse the game. We should have done this, we should have done this. But he was very. He would have been very, very happy with the performance tonight. Certainly will be. And uh, some big names added to his... Uh, coaching ticket as well and Dan Murray and uh, John O'Flynn two Cork City legends John O'Flynn the best natural finisher I think either of us have ever seen and Dan Murray one of the best players to ever wear a Cork City jersey so two big voices to have in the dressing room oh great great um, great lads to have in the dressing room fabulous I think it's a great decision by Richie to be honest with you I, I, I think in the last number of weeks the defence weren't great you know they were leaving in these sloppy little goals and Dan will rectify all of that and John then up front you know he'd be he'd be a big asset now to, to Rory as well for Cork's today I suppose this defeat consigns them to that relegation playoff which will be I suppose in the back of their minds they have that cup semi-final to look forward to first but um, for Cork's today in that relegation playoff which is looming that's going to be one of the biggest games the club has had in years yeah it's probably one of the most you know it is one of the most important games the club has had but let's be honest we probably resigned to that fact in the last number of weeks anyway but hopefully hopefully we'll get um, we get the result that we need and it is on to the FBI Cup now in nine days time the City team will take conference from this uh, as they go into that game at Turner's Cross which is a 2-4 to kick off on Sunday week but a huge chance to get to a cup final what has been a poor season for Cork City yeah, but again, it's it's a cup match, you know. You know, it's it's fifty fifty. I do fancy Cork City to beat Pats in the cup. I do fancy him. So, like like I said, anything can happen in the cup and roll on next Sunday week. Should be an absolutely cracking occasion here if we get what five six thousand fans. It'll be make a huge difference. Well, if we if we'd have won tonight, we probably would have gotten a full house. But you know people, you know, hopefully the people of Cork will come out and support Cork City. Alright, that is it uh, from Turner's Cross. Cork City St. Pat's 1. For the as always, a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rory. Thank you.
Yeah, Philip Long there, absolutely adamant that Rory O'Hagan is the is the Cork, Cork City manager. Now, Richie Holland, uh, but great stuff there. And like the lads said, hopefully they can turn that results the other way around next week in the Cup semi-final. And a Cup final would be huge for the club just because it's been such a difficult season. It'd be great for Richie and the lads and the players who've they've plugged away. It's not been going their way. So a Cup final would be massive and... Look, hopefully it'll be a great uh, event at Turner's Cross next Sunday. All right, uh, some scores updates in the Co-op Superstores uh, County Premier Intermediate uh, f- uh, semi-final. It's Kilworth 117, Bellingcolic 214. It's all square and there's not too long left to go in that one. And then we have Castle Lines and Castle Martyr. And it is Castle Lines 29. Castle Martyr 10 points also with about 3 or 4 minutes left there and of course the other semi-final then in the Senior A Championship saw Bride Rovers taking on uh, Blarney and just get a quick update from Park Cueve it is Blarney 6 points Bride Rovers 8 with 18 minutes gone in the first half Alright, after the break, we're going to hear from Kaylee Cole, Cork's rising star in the world of motorsport. She's blazing a trail and we're going to hear all about her Boss 3 Championship win and what the future holds in store for her. Before we go to the break, we're going to hear from uh, Napiershik because the August winners of the Rebel Oak Award were the Napiershik under-15 footballers. They won the Premier 1 title recently. The awards are sponsored by Cork's Red FM, The Evening Echo and Common Sports with the Clayton Hotel Silver Springs, the title sponsor. Rory was at the awards ceremony earlier in the week and spoke to Napiershig boss Noel Sheehan. Right, Noel, we're here at the, at the Rebel Oak Awards. First off, congratulations. Must be a great honour for you to receive the award. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Outstanding for uh, Napiershigs and football. You know, usually don't get together under one sentence, but it was brilliant under 15 Premier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think in Napiershig, you think hurling, essentially, yeah. like, you know, so for the football to be coming up at underage, it must be a great sign for the club. Yeah, yeah, there's a great bunch of lads there. This is thrown over the beating. Um, to, to know, it's a great honour. Play for the lads, everything. All good. Talk to us about the year you had and how you got to the final. Uh, we start, like we started off. We, we couldn't feel the team because we only ten young fellas on the edge on the team. And we're depending on the fellas and the need them and the other team. And there was all this came up. We couldn't feel the team for two games. We played the Glenmire, they accommodated us. We played Glenmire then on a Monday or a Wednesday. We'll have to play in the Rogan there. Monday and the Wednesday, two games. And then we had Knicks on the following Wednesday night. So, like, it was hot and heavy when we did get at it. Yeah. We won those three games and we played Douglas in the semi-final. Cracker of a game. Anyone, you know. Anyone could have won it, like, in the final itself. Anyone. A couple of minutes to go out with the draw, like. Yeah. Anyone could have won it. Do you know. Delighted with him. I suppose you were growing confidence then with every game that you were getting. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, to, be at, to go back to the Glenmire game, like, when we beat them, like, that was a big one, like. We don't usually go down there and win. We were going down there. It was a bad night now. I think there was a win there and... You know, to come out of there with a victory like was something else mm. and that kind of drove a man in like like as I say against Douglas 50-50 you know we came out of it and like, they were building in confidence they were, mm. they were they know what they were doing they were happy and, you know makes a difference it's just a level to character lads as exactly. well at this college, you know? like I'll always say them lads they just don't know when they're beating they don't in fairness to them and as I say there's only 10 of them yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
in fairness, yeah. Delighted with him. And Delilah. Delilah and Gray have farmed since then. Delighted. But you have a lot of jewel lads now in that scene, a lot of hurlers as well. Yeah, the whole lot of them. Yeah. The, whole, the ten of them are playing hurling and football. We just didn't get, we couldn't fulfil one of the fixtures in the hurling, so we only played two games in the hurling. First game was against Carrick Tool, who are an exceptional team. Mm. They beat us. Then we, we got into the Shield final, like, so we done well with what we have, like, you know, with the games we played. Like, we played Premier 2 last year, Holland and football, and to come on then and win the Premier 1 football and to get the Shield and the Holland. I mean, just outstanding, outstanding. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I suppose when you're that young as well, playing two sports doesn't really yeah. make much no, difference to you. They don't, they don't even know that. Things happen to them, you know. Start the year, we tell them playing football, they'll be looking at you, like, but as the year went on, then they improved and improved and, you know, they believed in what they were doing. <laughs> Yeah, that's Rory there uh, speaking at the Rebel Oak Awards for August. Then appears she's under 15 footballers. Fair play to them. Uh, all right, Liverpool equalised right on the stroke of half-time. Cody Gakbo with the goal um, assisted somehow by Virgil van Dijk to knocked across the goal. Then it was a good finish by Gakbo, to be fair to him. Uh, one all at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. All right, stay tuned. We're going to go for a quick break now. But afterwards, we're going to talk boxing, baseball, and we're going to hear from Kaylee Cole on her journey in the world of motorsport. Don't go away. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. It's a lively game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the Premier League. It's Tottenham 1, Liverpool 1 at halftime. Let's get the report from Ryan Bromelow. Half-time, it's Tottenham 1, 10 men, Liverpool 1. Human Son with a landmark 200th career club goal to steer spares in front. But Cody Gakpo on the stroke of half-time, on the spin, fires them level. The Reds down to 10, Curtis Jones sent off for a late lunge and tackle on Basuma. That's their third red card of the season. At the end of an enthralling first half, it's Tottenham 1, Liverpool 1. All right, Kaylee Cole is uh, from Cork. She's blazing her own trail in the motorsport scene in Ireland and the UK as well, uh, gaining experience here in Ireland over the past year in Formula Boss. And uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, these things can be very complicated with classes and everything. Kaylee does a really good job of explaining it all, actually. Obviously, these are all the stepping stones towards that, you know, that, that holy grail of Formula One, etc. And uh, Kaylee's been uh, chipping away and uh, in her Jedi F1000 uh, car. Uh, it's a great name for a car. Kaylee's going to tell us all about it. She has won the Boss 3 Championship and she's still in the running to finish uh, possibly third in the overall All-Ireland Championships as well over the next couple of weeks. So uh, we're going to keep an eye on that. But here she is. She was in studio with us earlier on today telling us all about her season and her journey so far. All right, delighted to say I'm joined in studio by Kaylee Cole, Boss 3 champion. Kaylee, thanks a minute for joining us here on the Big Red Bench. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. First of all, I suppose, will you explain to us what uh, Boss 3 is? Um, so I was racing in the UK in the, for the past two years in the F1000 Championship. So that's the main category for the car I race. Um, and then I decided this year just to keep the cost down and, you know, try and get more track time. We decided to race in Mondello and Kirkistown. Um, so the Boss 3 Championship, we race against all like F3s, World Series. Um, so I'm the only one liter in the class. Um, so to be battling with the World Series and the F3 cars, it, it was a good year. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a really good class, really friendly and really welcoming. Yeah, I suppose it, it's, it is a really difficult sport, isn't it? Motorsport, I suppose. Yeah. Money is massive. I imagine sponsorship is something huge yeah, for yeah. you. 
So obviously you probably had to adapt this year maybe just to come back home and like yeah. you said, gained a bit more experience, that a bit more cost effective. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely. I think it was because like when I race in the UK all the time, I'm not really much known here. It's, it's more like in the UK I'd be known and stuff like that. So to come back here and race on home ground and get known and, you know, race against my like, hometown people, it's it's really good. How did you end up in the UK to, to begin with? How how does that whole journey start? Um, so I start I started karting six five years ago. Um, I started in Ireland and then I ventured over to the UK just for a bit more competition and uh, hardship, really. But um, then when I started racing the single seaters, it was either between racing here in Ireland in the Janettas or against like you know four or five cars, or else going to the UK into a big bunch of race cars um, and challenging myself. So we decided to go to the UK for two years and just gain that experience gain you know that track time um, and then obviously to keep the cost down this year then we just decided to come over here on home ground get more experience and then venture over to the UK for one or two rounds um, the seat times definitely paid off in the UK we're sitting top 10 races now so it's it's good yeah, like it, it's, a, it's a long journey I imagine to, to break your way in there and like you said to, to to make our way in the UK so quickly um, is some going and I suppose a proof of the talent as well and you said then when you came back this year so your car was a one litre one litre uh, yeah so basically you're, you're up against it from the get go yeah no exactly like we're one litre you know a thousand cc bike engine against you know three and a half two litre race cars so I'm the smallest car there um, and to race against you know the, even the wheels when we're passing each other on track they're like twice the width of mine and it's just it's insane like a lot of people are like are you not scared going out there like no it's used to it now <laughs> tell us about the car like how, where where did you get the car how, how do you upgrade the car um, so the car is a Jedi it's called F1000 but it, it's manufacturer called Jedi um, it's quite a cool name to put to the car considering it's so quick it's a bike engine in it 1000cc bike engine um, it only weighs 412kg with me in it so you know weight to power it flies in a straight line um, it's manufactured by was originally manufactured by a guy called John Corbin over in England um, he's kind of in the background now he still waddles around um, but his son took it over Fraser so the two of them kind of came up with the car put the bike engine in it and this series has really really took off like you're talking over a grid of 20 on it in England and it's it's really really good You mentioned you only started karting about 5 or 6 years ago um, how did that all start? First of all, was it um, a love of watching, you know, Formula yeah, 1 on yeah. TV and looking to get a go? Or? Um, to be fair, like a lot of people are like, oh, did you start because of F1 and watch it and all that kind of stuff? I, I always watched F1, but I never had a huge heart for it. It was more so like when I used to go to the rallies with my dad, my dad would have been huge into rallying. Um, so it was more so that and being involved, involved around all the guys and girls in motorsport since a young, very young age. Um, I'd done dancing, hurling, football, all that kind of stuff. And, I never really had a heart for it and then in Christmas 2016 I said I want to go racing behind a wheel and my dad kind of looked at me and was like no this is not happening <laughs> um, I then started in 2017 just for a bit of fun on a Sunday kind of just wanted to you know do a bit of testing you know get used to it or whatever I never thought I'd be where I am now I'd done my first race for Donald O'Brien um, he was involved in a tragic accident so I'd done my first race for him and never stopped since so it's I done well in the karting in 2019 and started winning championships and people started noticing my talent so then that was the time where I knew it was a career path and wanted to move to cars so it sounds like your dad was a, a big, yeah, big influence was, so far yeah no definitely my dad my godfather was British rally champion so it was more rallying I started out with as a young kid um, and then when I took to track car racing they were kind of like oh god why can't we just go on ditches anymore <laughs> 
so yeah I suppose uh, like for, for people listening in like open wheel racing and, and rallying like are you know poles yeah, apart yeah. although we see you know a lot of F1 drivers are have raced in the world rally championships for yeah, example yeah. but you know I suppose if you were to to describe to somebody like the the pure difference of those two disciplines what what, what way would you put them into in, into words um rallying it's like you know it's with track racing I think that I decided to go track racing was coming from karting a lot of the karting people have gone track race single seaters or or GTs or something like that Um, so coming from karting my heart was set on going to like Silverstone and all them big tracks rallying I think if I had gone down the autograss route I think I probably would have went towards rallying a lot of people in karting have gone to rallying Um, but I think you know when I seen like even the W Series starting two three years ago I think that's when I had my heart set on going track racing because I seen, you know, there was a series there and, you know, there was a lot of, you know, it was unusual to see women on a track race, you know. So um, there's obviously loads more getting into it now. And I would have, I'd love to have a go at the rallying, but I think because I started in karting and I had my heart set in single series, it's kind of gone that way. But Yeah, W Series is, is huge now. Like, do you think if that hadn't been there that uh, you know you mightn't have gone in the journey you've gone so far to have that to actually really aim for now yeah I think it, it like obviously the W Series it's been changed now to F1 Academy um, but I think you know when I when I first wanted to get into cars obviously that was there and it was an opportunity for girls to grow their path in motorsport and it was a great opportunity um, obviously that's not there anymore you know without the right backing and funding and you know it's obviously the F1 Academy there is there to push girls and you know have options for them to go in a career path um, I think when I seen the W Series it definitely was an eye opener that you know there is a career path there and it's pushing you know the girls or whatever and I really really do like racing against the lads on track I think you know they're just as respectful they're really really respectful you know obviously when I first started I had to you know grow my way into it and you know prove my way on track um, but I've never had a problem with you know being the only girl or you know racing against the lads so I, I like it that way and you know I've racing against the lads on track has never been an issue with me you know so it's uh, it's definitely been a open door to bring women up the grid in motorsport um, and it definitely was for me but you know I'll try and create my own path as well <laughs> Absolutely, and like I suppose in in the US in IndyCar or sorry NASCAR, yeah, I suppose yeah. like Danica Patrick would have been maybe the first uh, yeah, trailblazer yeah. in that regard. And like even I suppose you look at like horse racing, you know, yeah, it, it, there's no real distinction. Between yeah, male no, and exactly. Female, so. I get a lot of like young girls coming up to me, being like, "Oh, what's it like being a female?" And I don't get me wrong, I you know, I it's really really good. It's unusual to see you know myself and other girls involved in it around Ireland and England and Europe. Um, but I don't really kind of use it and kind of like, you know, once the helmet goes on and I'm on track, you know, it's a different game. It's you're racing and that's it. Um, so I think that kind of attitude is good to have going in forward. So you were down at the Marina Market, I think, yeah. recently with the car. That must have been good fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it was last weekend. Yeah, I was down there um, for a Saturday. I was only supposed to be there Sunday and then we went in there Saturday as well. Um, so many people interested in my journey. It was more so people wanting to get into the sport and, you know, is it expensive? Like, how is it hard to get into? And for me, it's like, my heart really does go out to little kids wanting to start because you know if their family don't have that motorsport background like mine did it's kind of hard to explain like how to get into it and it is cost effective and stuff like that um so yeah no it was a really good 
you know weekend we met lo- so many people and you know a lot of connections there so it's it was good I imagine loads of people wanted to just sit in the car yeah I know there was yeah. like even like little businesses there there was a business there he does um like print seaweed on um frames and stuff like that and he came up and he was like oh can, can I sit in it I was like yeah no of course I didn't mind people sitting in it at all it was you know people that oh is that an F1 car people honestly thought it was an F1 car because they'd probably never ever seen anything like that before you know yeah, and I suppose to put it in perspective, like the size of an F1 car. Yeah. Like, I don't think it would fit through the, through the doors. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, I don't think people realise, you know, even the cars I was racing as so I was showing them pictures, like little kids that were interested or even like, you know, adults that were coming up and they were like, oh, is that like an F1? I'm like, no, no, it's not. I was like, if you've seen an F1 car alongside that, you'd think different. <laughs> I suppose as well, like a day like that is huge for you. Like you're still building sponsors. Yeah. Like, that's massively yeah. important for you. I think mostly like, you know, because I race in Mondello and it's up in Kildare or Dublin and I'm always up north somewhere here and there's no real racetracks down here in Cork so I think just getting my name around Cork and you know like a lot of people that came up we didn't even know there was a race car driver you know in Cork even a girl you know it was just they said it's really unusual and I was like that's why I'm here because I want to you know let Cork know that you know there is actually a racing car driver here so you know it was good to be down there on home ground and meeting people from around locally um, and just letting them know you know there is a race car driver around here so yeah What's next then? What's the what, when? When I suppose is uh, it's probably hard to say a yeah, season. Yeah. Let's say, but when does your kind of season start and and begin? Um, so the season is started in March. It normally starts around April, March. Um, we normally during the winter we take out the go kart again just to try and get you know a bit of seat time and stay in the seat and stuff like that. Um, but it normally starts around March time and then it'll end. My last two rounds are actually next weekend, so I'm in Oldham Park next weekend and the weekend after I'm in Mandela Park. Um, so I've won my Boss Three Championship for Mandela, but. I'm running fourth in the lining for like the All Ireland Championship for Boss. Um, so there's four points between me and thirds. So yeah, we're kind of pushing to get that in two weeks' time. Um, so it ends there in two weeks' time, and then we'll do a bit of winter testing. Hopefully, get a bit of time in the seat and other race cars. Um, but next year we're hoping to move up. But you know, obviously, motorsports and expenses sort. So it depends. You know, who we can get on board, who we can get to support. Yeah, there's a lot of maybe sitting by the phone waiting for a call. Yeah, no, exactly. Well. It's you know you have to be in the right place at the right time, and you know sometimes you might not be, but you know you don't know till you try. You've only one chance, and we'll see. Yeah, I suppose back in the day, like everyone would have known, like you know Eddie Jordan being in Formula One. Yeah. And, like I suppose that lack of an Irish team is, yeah, is a really yeah, yeah. you know it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. What is that? Who would be the kind of leaders now in, in that sphere in Ireland if you were to try and work your way up to maybe? I don't know, is there a team in, in your, let's say, your F3s or F4s that, yeah, you know, um, in Ireland? To be fair, like, there's, there's like, other teams. It's not so in Ireland. Like, I don't, if I was to move forward in motorsport, I think I'd have to go Europe or the UK. Um, Now that I've, like, you know, made my stamp in the Boss Championship in Ireland, it's hard to know where to go next here. It's more I have to either venture to the UK or go Europe. Um, No matter how much I love racing here, it's, like, you know, it's a good, like, the people are amazing over here and really good support over here. Um, but to go forward in motorsport I have to venture off somewhere else like don't get me wrong there's people over here in Ireland that have teams in Europe and have teams in the UK um, so you know there's options there as well but um, yeah no, my next step is you know abroad somewhere um, unfortunately but uh, yeah no it's there's there's a lot of good people around here as well yeah, well, hopefully you can get on the podium uh, on uh, in the in the All Ireland Championships. Um, where's the best place uh, for people to stay in touch and keep up to date with your career? Um, so I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. <laughs> There's a lot of people on that at the moment. Um, Kales underscore Cole underscore Racing, and I'm always updating people there and people you know that I'm going places or will be there and stuff like that. So you can catch me on there. 
excellent stuff we wish you the very best thank of luck you. with your Thanks career going forward and uh, we hope to chat to you again thanks yeah, for joining thank us thank you yeah Kaylee Cole there you can follow her at Kales underscore Cole underscore racing on Instagram Twitter and all that good stuff to keep up to date with her career and the very best of luck to her in her last uh, couple of rounds in the Boss Championship. All right, baseball now and the Cork Renegades. They were supposed to be in action today in the B-League final with the Belfast North Stars at the International Baseball Centre in Ashburn. It was postponed, however. We'll keep an eye out for news of a refixture. Most likely, it will be next weekend. Rory, though, was speaking to Chairman Brett Sutherland earlier on in the week about how the team started. Ball, I'm delighted to be joined by the co-founder of the Cork Renegades, Mr. Brett Sutherland. Brett, how are you, sir? I'm very well, very well. Really excited. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks very much indeed uh, for uh, coming on the uh, the show with us and talking to us about the Cork Renegades. To be honest, I wasn't aware there was a Cork baseball team uh, until very, very recently. So this is very, very exciting. Can you tell us, I suppose, briefly how the team came into being? Um, let me see. My buddy and I, Andres, we got together. There, there was the semblance of a team um, the year before last um, and that sort of disbanded um the people that played in the team including myself had nowhere to we didn't have an outlet to play so andres and i got together with a mutual friend tommy and said why don't we start up our own team mm-hmm. um i was just about to have a baby <laughs> and i said maybe the timing isn't great but if i don't do it now perhaps it will never get done and i a lot of my friends play the sport in the team that i played in so i said let me just do it and in June last year, Andres and I set up the Renegades, the Cork Renegades, and here we are, 15 months later. We've won the we've won the B2 League, um, and we are into the B League playoff finals on Saturday. That must that success, I suppose, must have been beyond your wildest dreams when you were, were getting the club together. Absolutely, like even even when we started, we we're like, okay, we've got a few people that want to play. Um, Let's just see how it goes. If we can be competitive, that's great. If not, we've got an outlet for the sport that we love to play. Um, and then the numbers just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. And then before you know it, we've got over 50 people. Um, we're 13 and 2 in the season. So we've won 13 games, lost two. Um, our level of our level of baseball has just absolutely skyrocketed because we're so focused on training. Team atmosphere is amazing. Everything that we do is is the only way I can describe is very cork because it's it's very together, um, but with so much positivity and we have a lot a lot of fun. So um, yeah, so to get to this point is a dream, um, but we definitely we've got one more win and then it's just going to be absolute absolute heaven for us. Is it a mix of I suppose Irish people and um, uh, foreigners who are based in Cork in the team? I suppose is there people there with I suppose baseball experience in their team as well? Hundred percent. So we've got um, Irish people with baseball experience. Um, we've got um, a lot of South Americans because it's it's kind of like one one of their national sports. So we've got a lot of South Americans, lots of newbies, lots of intermediates like myself, people that come from a huge baseball background, people that haven't picked up a baseball in their life. Um, so it is really just this big melting pot of people that have just come to learn to play the sport and to get better. Mm. And as, as you say, it's obviously captured the imagination of the people in Cork as well. So there was obviously quite a dormant, I suppose, um, baseball scene in Cork that was just waiting to be ignited. Ab- absolutely, and I think I think with with baseball, it it's kind of like it's almost like an alternative sport 
to to people that themselves might be a little bit just kind of left of the middle or right of the middle um so you'll you will have your traditional your soccer your rugby um and your gaelic sports like hurling and football those might not appeal to people even though they're athletic and they want to play a sport but they're like maybe that's not the sport for me or they just haven't gelled with it people can come to training the first training session is free they'll see that we've got all ages all genders um and all levels of ability and they go actually do you know what i like it i feel good here i feel at home here and this is the sport for me and and i might i might pursue it and i might develop it so that's kind of where we're at and that's why we've got so many people on our roster because it's just it's it's just so open and it's such, such an amazing sport because so you know yourself as a baseball fan that so many different different things can happen with just one hit or one throw of a ball that it's I don't know. It's just beyond exciting. Every every time we play a game, or even when you watch it, you're like so many different things can happen here. That that also, I think that also keeps people very, very interested in in playing playing the sport as well. Um, how did you guys settle on the the name Renegades? What's that poll? No, when sort of when I conceived when I conceived the idea of perhaps starting up a new team. Um, I wanted something that represented Cork. I thought Rebels was probably a bit too cliche. It might be a little bit overdone. Um, and what what we were doing or what I wanted from the team was to incorporate that 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 Cork element, that Cork Rebel element. Um, but I wanted to just sort of just t- touch on it a little bit more, if you know what I mean. So we had loads of different names and then we put it all to a group WhatsApp vote. And thankfully for me, Renegades came out. But I think it's got a really nice ring to it. It does, it certainly does indeed. Um, all right, you guys are playing the uh, Belfast North Stars this weekend in the B League playoffs. Have you guys played them before? Um, oh, I think we did, and I think they took the first. They took the first victory. I think okay. I'd have to go back. I'd have to go back and check. So don't quote me on that. <laughs> and heading up to Ashburn as well um, for the, the the finals weekend, the, the home of Irish baseball as well. Must yeah. be massively exciting. Do you know what? It's again to go to the home of Irish baseball, the International Baseball Centre. They hosted um, some Euro- European Championships this year, like they always do. Um, it's it's an amazing. It will be an amazing experience for us. Um, we've got a big coach going up mm-hmm. um, with all with all the boys and girls in it. Um, we'll have some banners going on, and hopefully, we'll come back with that victory. So, yeah. Yeah, that was Rory there speaking with uh, the uh, Cork Renegades chairman, Brett Sutherland, about their rise and uh, like that. Uh, that B League final should be being played uh, next week. Yes, I was just slightly distracted because it's. Uh, Starting to boil over a small bit. Actually, just before we leave, that's Cork Renegades. They will be in studio in the coming weeks and we'll have uh, an in-depth feature on them, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, but the Ryder Cup is getting interesting. This, this is what I wanted. Fellas are starting to have a cut off each other, right? Shane Lowry had to hold back Rory McIlroy in the car park. I think, was he going for, was it Joe Lecava, one of the caddies from the US team anyway? Apparently Shane Lowry had a couple of words with him at the 18th green because... Uh, the US were just, you know, I don't know, celebrating strangely, waving hats or something, uh, whatever that was about. Um, but uh, no, Lowry's done his fair bit of celebrating. But I suppose Lowry, when he's celebrating, stays away from everything. Apparently, Lecava was celebrating in Rory's face, which is, you know, typical US behaviour, I suppose. Uh, but it's that, this is this is what we want. So give us McElroy and Cantley in the singles tomorrow. Um, if possible, uh, just to just to give us that bit more uh, excitement and uh, 
and uh, in treatment as well uh, uh, that's a word uh, but yeah that's what we want in the Ryder Cup fellas having a go at each other uh, so yeah it's starting to heat up a small bit alright there's 55 minutes gone between Spurs and Liverpool it's one all still uh, in that one let's have a look to see how it's gone uh, in the Bright Rovers game three minutes into the second half it's Bright Rovers one eleven, Blarney 10 points and elsewhere we have Castle Lines up against Castle Martyr and it has ended Castle Lines 2-10 Castle Martyr 10 points so they go into the final of the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship and the other game was Kilworth and Kilworth have done it Kilworth are into the final after yeah after full time it was Kilworth 120 Ballincollig 216 so Kilworth uh, versus Castle Lines in uh, the final of the uh, of the Premier Intermediate so a uh, big one on the horizon for them and Bright Rovers are looking to join Neusestown in the semi-finals of the Senior A alright uh, Katie Taylor is going to fight Chantel Cameron again looking for redemption and during the week she was speaking with off the balls Ashling O'Reilly yeah it's great to be back it's great to have another chance uh, to fight at home and um, obviously the first time didn't go my way it wasn't the homecoming that I wanted to have but I have a chance uh, to rectify things and um, feeling very very blessed to have a second chance at this and not every fighter has this uh, has a chance of a rematch and has this opportunity so I'm very very grateful and um, yeah I'm excited for what's to come yeah as you said it wasn't the homecoming that you would have wanted but it was an incredible occasion the atmosphere I don't know if I've ever experienced anything like it when you look back now can you maybe appreciate that I'm sure at the time it's maybe hard yeah definitely I think before the last fight um, I was saying how important it was to bring big time pro boxing back to our nation again and that um, that would, wouldn't have been a, a success if, if it was just a once off but we have a chance to do this again and even though um, um, it didn't go my way um, it was still an amazing night packed with entertainer fights I think every time you bring big, a big fight like this home it embeds boxing back into our culture again where it belongs mm-hmm. I think boxing belongs at the forefront of Irish sport it's our most successful sport and um, it's just great to, to, to have a chance to, to bring another big fight home and the atmosphere was very very special I was ne- nearly getting emotional the last time walking out I was getting goosebumps just listening to the, to the, to the roar of the crowd and um, pinch myself maybe is this actually happening it's, yeah. it's amazing yeah yeah. and out of 23 fights to, to have one defeat is, is incredible but it was a new experience for you how did you process that? Um, I mean I, I never uh, wanted to experience a loss obviously but I think uh uh, after a loss, you're, all, you're obviously all, always forced to analyse things a bit more. You have to tweak a few things, and um, I was extremely disappointed after the last fight. But um, my goal, I was never overly concerned about uh, keeping the zero. I, I think I was ex- extremely dif- disappointed because I lost, not because I lost the zero. But um, I think I just always wanted to, to be involved in the biggest fights of female boxing and, and to elevate the sport and um, I just want to continue to, to be involved in, in these history making fights and that's what makes iconic fighters like Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah. those kind of guys, uh, Hearns, uh, all these guys, Hacker, where, where these guys just wanted to be involved in the biggest fight nights and that's the type of fighter I, I want to be. Because, Kate, you could have taken an easier fight, but you chose not to. And a lot of people said that's a, a risky thing to do. But I think it said a lot about you and your character that you want the big fights. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't think any fight would have made sense to me other than the Chantal Cameron rematch. And so um, this is a huge fight. Um, um, and I, I, like I said, to have an opportunity to actually have a rematch is very, very special. And I have a chance, I have a second chance here to, to make things right. Did you feel that there was pressure at all on you? Um, obviously, having the first fight at home, you know, a lot of people were anticipating such a, a big fight, the, the crowd, the atmosphere that we spoke about. Did you feel that at all? Did it add to it? I think I, I, there's always a bit of pressure in every single fight. I can't say that I felt any more pressure in this fight. Uh, fight week is always a busy week anyway, but uh, with regards to the pressure, I think uh, the best attitude for every fighter is that the next fight is always the most important fight. So that fight was very, very important, but it was just as important as the last fight before that and before that as well and before that. So my mindset was always completely the same going into that fight. Um, I just didn't go my way and I obviously have to change a few things and tweak a few things in, in, in the rematch. Yeah, so we're here for the rematch. We're very much looking forward to that. How has training been going? Have you changed things up at all? Maybe that you thought, maybe if I did this differently, anything like that in your training that you've changed for this rematch? Yeah, we, we obviously have to change a few things because um, you can't do the same things twice and expect different results. So we definitely have to change a few things, but training camp has been going well. Um, and just keep my head down and putting the, putting in the hard work as per usual. Um, I'm pretty single-minded. I think once the camp starts, uh, I find the camp a lot easier than doing all the press conferences yeah. and stuff. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> but uh, this is a hard bit, exactly. Yeah. But it's great to be back. Oh, good stuff. Um, your family and stuff are out there at the minute. It's it's obviously a big occasion for all of them too because you don't always get to to come home. So I'm sure you enjoy that side of things too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was actually supposed to fly back tomorrow, but I I try I I uh, push it out until Thursday just oh, to have right. one one extra day with the family. Yeah. Uh, so it's great to just see them and to be around for the day um, it's uh, the biggest sacrifice I have to make I'd say is being over in America being away from them um, but it's uh, it's all, also a sacrifice that, that's obviously um, that has to be done as well um, but it's always great to be surrounded by people who love you yeah, yeah. absolutely professional sport like can't be easy obviously being away from, from family and friends and all the, the tough work that you have to put in do you love it? Do you still enjoy it as much as the, the first day you started out? I think so, absolutely. Um, the passion burns me still uh, for this sport and um, I think once the passion dies down, uh, that's when it's, it's time to hang up the gloves. Uh, I'm still not sick of getting up early in the morning and doing the hard running sessions, doing the hard sparring sessions. Um, I love my sport, even though it's very, very tough at times. I don't love it every single day, but, yeah. but I do love it. And having a chance to be involved in these big fight nights is an absolute privilege. I never, ever take it for granted. And so, um, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm so grateful. We saw at the weekend as well, the, the Ireland women's team, they made history at the Aviva, over 35,000 people and they honoured a, a lot of the former players as well with their caps. Have you got yours? You'll have to get yours. Yeah. <laughs> I know, all the girls were texting saying that they got obviously invited. I said, where's my invitation? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, they didn't forget Katie Taylor. <laughs> no, joking. But uh, it looked like an amazing event and yeah. uh, that the, the crowd that they actually generated, 35,000, was absolutely remarkable. Yeah. It's amazing to watch. Um, they're flying the flag high and it's so um, it's just incredible isn't it mm -hmm. to, to, to watch that over the last few months uh, even in qualifying for the World Cup it's a history making team and um, yeah it's uh, everyone's just uh, beaming with pride watching them 
Yeah, it's great to see. And you were one of the first, you know, to, to go out and represent Ireland, especially as a woman in the game. It, it was amazing to see. What advice would you give to to young people that are hoping one day to go out and represent Ireland, whether it's in boxing, athletics, football, whatever it is? Yeah, just go for it. Um, uh, I think that for the, the, the toughest step is always the first step to take, whether it's in the boxing gym, whether it's in... Uh, and the football team, whatever it is, for the first step, uh, it always takes a lot of courage. Um, but I have the utmost respect for anybody who who uh, risks anything great. Um, yeah, I think you have to take risks in your life to, to be great and um, just go for it with all your heart and never, never look back, I suppose. Brilliant. And Chantal Cameron is going to be an unbelievable fighter. Um, you obviously seen that in the, in the last fight, but you're well up to the task, as we all know. Yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Um, I, I can't wait to have a chance again to rectify things, and um, it's going to be a great fight, but I'm as confident as ever that if I perform to my best, I will win the fight. Yeah, that's Katie Taylor there speaking to Ashling O'Reilly ahead of our rematch with Chantel Cameron. That's it for us. Thank you for tuning in this evening on the Big Red Bench. You can listen back on uh, redfm.ie forward slash Big Red Bench or wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back tomorrow evening with uh, plenty of hurling action and uh, reaction and everything like that. It's still Spurs 1, Liverpool 1 and of course tomorrow we'll have the conclusion of the Ryder Cup so tune in from 6pm for that. Uh, it's Stevie G on the way next. The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM 